This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Apa kabar? Hello, this is Chella with Omsa. Tune in every second Tuesday at 3 p.m. as we take you through a journey about the diverse culture, music, language, tradition, lifestyle, and of course, the food that we have in Malaysia. It is a session where students can share about their life and the experience of studying here in Otago. So, come and join us for a chill and fun afternoon brought to you by the committee members of the Otago Malaysian Students Association. Omsa. We are back with Chilla with Omsa today as we move on to a very... Okay, today with Chilla with Omsa, we have a different kind of topic. Um, I know everything is usually quite lighthearted and it's quite um, chilla, you know, exactly what the show is all about. But then I feel like we should start talking about this, even though maybe it's a bit taboo. Um, today's episode is about homesickness. Um, I say that with the most lighthearted <laughs> um, tone ever. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a heavy topic, but it's something that is worth discussing. And I'm hosting today, Sean Teo, your usual host is normal. And today I have with me my co-host, Siwon. Hi. Thank you for joining. Um, so it's just the two of us today. So it's more of an informal conversation. Well, it's always an informal conversation, but this time we'll be able to share our experiences. We are by no means experts. <laughs> In dealing with homesickness, we are just people who have lived experiences and we are just people. That's it. We are just people. And I think that's something we should recognize um, before going into this topic that we're not like these experts at dealing with these kind of things that we all have our shortfalls. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So without further ado, our first question is, what exactly is homesickness because i thought it would be good to define what homesickness can be like because it's something that cannot be easily identified sometimes so i have with me today um so there's actually a booklet that the university of otago and polytechnic um gives out about home, uh, overcoming homesickness and um i'm just going to turn to the page it's just a lot of bullet points but um just going through these bullet points is a good way to first see what kind of symptoms or what kind of traits that homesickness can take on because it's not a very obvious thing sometimes so firstly it's missing the place um so you want, if you want to stop me and then talk about any of the points as i go along please go yeah. ahead yeah so missing the place and people you know so well well i like that one um because i think that's the most obvious one missing mm-hmm. the place and people you know so well uh and for us that would be family and all the friends back in Malaysia. Second one is feeling nostalgic for familiar things like your family, friends, pets, house, or neighborhood. Just like I said before, being miserable and not knowing why. <laughs> I feel like this is this can overlap with a lot of other things. Um, but yeah, I, I guess if you can't factor in other things that are making you miserable, homesickness is one thing that can um, that can factor into it. Feeling like a prisoner in your own room. Oh yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. I'll talk, um, I'll talk more about that later as well. But feeling like a prisoner in your own room. Maybe it's also relating to that feeling of like you're not comfortable with where you are at at this point in time. Um, being unable to get into a reassuring routine. 
Actually, my routine is quite messed up most of the time, so it doesn't. <laughs> so this might overlap again. Yeah. So not liking meals at the flat or the college because the atmosphere doesn't feel right. Huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wondering what people at home are doing, feeling as if you are missing out. FOMO, uh, FOMO, big one. Fear of missing out. Wanting to go straight back home after you have arrived. I feel like this applies most recently. Well, if like uh, around two years ago, I would say, when we would recently come into New Zealand. Not liking coming back after the holidays. Eh, yeah, yeah. Being conscious you are doing things out of character. Ooh, so not feeling like yourself. Thinking you are the only one on campus feeling homesick. Yeah, that sense of isolation and loneliness. Being unable to settle at anything. I think what this means is, like, I guess we can explore this further as well because uh, it's worth discussing some of these points later. Crying for no reason. Yeah, relatable. Um, getting anxious or upset over little things that didn't used to bother you. Yeah, yeah, I guess getting more irritable is one big thing. Last three, finding the values of people around you strange and vaguely threatening. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a big one. You get very sensitive when you're in that very vulnerable and emotional state. Getting fed up with new food. <laughs> New smells, new scenery, and wanting the familiar. I feel like as a Malaysian, this is quite big because um, we miss Malaysian food. And in Dunedin, we don't really have a lot of Malaysian food, except for Soho Kitchen. Shout out to them. Um, they're very good luck, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, especially with uh, Kiwi food. No offense to Kiwi people. and We love pies. We love fish and chips. Sorry, fish and chips. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, we really miss all the different variety back home that we can get. And the last but not least, an experience, a state of feeling that will pass sooner or later. So that's, yeah. I guess that's all the, all the points about what homesickness is. And it's quite a lot of traits, which is quite surprising. Because like people will just think like, yeah. oh, what is homesickness? I just miss home. Yeah. So well, that's yeah. yeah, that's the definition. Well, I think that those definitions are great, but like it's homesickness is pretty subjective to everyone because these are more like, you know, and more in general. For example, like the first point that they have talked about, it's a place in the people where you miss the where you were most familiar with. But Ideally, it's not necessarily because home is ex- is actually just what you make of it. Just because you are familiar with the people and familiar with the place, it's not necessarily your home. And, you know, everyone has different subjectiveness of what home is and this kind of stuff. And homesick is just being of like, I mean, to me, well, homesick is just missing of what of what that used to make me feel like home. For example, like when I first came to New Zealand, I didn't make any connections. I didn't feel connected to the community and everything. And obviously I would feel homesick and stuff, right? And <laughs> but now when I but the thing is it's very odd because like 
after I started establishing to have more relationships here in New Zealand, mm-hmm. when I went back to Malaysia, I don't know, it's a big feeling. Like when I whenever in New Zealand, oh my god, I miss Malaysia so much. When I go back to New when I go back to Malaysia, I'll be like, oh my god, I miss New Zealand. You know, it's just very yeah. counterintuitive of like what homesickness is and stuff. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to come back to New Zealand earlier, um, during my first summer back. Um, which was kind of odd. Um, because I, I think what you brought up is a really good point because it's quite subjective. And like the like this booklet is very general and it's more of like a band-aid kind of solution. Or like mm. trying to look at things with a more band-aid perspective, I would like to call it. But like you said, homesickness is so subjective. Like how can you how can you measure what homesickness is? Because everybody's definition of home is different as well. Sometimes mm. even even back home I can get homesick, I guess, the feeling of homesickness just from missing people. And mm. like you said, yeah, it's that subjectivity that needs to be taken into account. If you miss those people, if you miss that definition of what you define as homesickness, I think that is homesickness. Um yeah. so it's it's what you make of it. And what you brought up about your first time coming to New Zealand uh, um being homesick, I think it's a good segue to our second question. Which is when were your first instances of feeling homesick when coming to New Zealand? How did you know you were homesick? I think it was the weather that was I honestly <laughs> till now I still can't get used to the weather. Like today is just honestly one of the very rare days that it was sunny, warm. I don't know, like the past lockdowns, like during in April and during like now, like I don't know why this they all during the lockdown period they always have the nicest weather. Yeah, I'm like, why now? Why? Why? Okay? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't know. It's just that I'm just not used to the weather. It's the cold. It's the damp. It's the. It just makes me feel miserable. And honestly, I miss the heat. Yeah. Also. Seasons, right? Like yes. at home, you know when the sun sets. You know when the sun rises. Here, yeah. you're like hey, five five p.m. Uh, sunset early, and then like at another point in like a couple months later, then it's like hey, eight p.m. sunsetting. Oh my god! Like you, yeah, it's just so taken aback by the seasons. Yeah, uh, and it it doesn't give consistency. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's what I hate. Um, like because like in. Malaysia every day seven, uh, seven to like eight. You know the sun would set, or like six thirty to eight lah, like more accurate, uh, range. But you get that consistency. You know that the sun will uh, set at that time. And you know the sun will rise at that time, and you feel, you know, that's a steady, steady and stable part of your life, and you don't have to change. But when I came here, I was like, what are seasons, man? Like I I like the day, but I I absolutely love the night. <laughs> so when when I see that there's longer days, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what time to sleep as well, and it yeah. really it really affects my routines. Um, but like you said, the weather, weather big one as well. Like I came during winter, so usually usually I like cold countries. You know how when Malaysians travel, they're like, oh, so cold, so nice, you know. Um, and well, summer, summer. They'll be like, oh, it's like a change of pace. But when you go to a country to study and you live there, then it becomes a different like sort of sensation. And after a week, after two weeks, you kind of, oh, okay, I'm I'm sick of the weather already. 
and it's the needed as well because it changes so much it changes so much yeah um i went out for a run yesterday it was like so nice and sunny and then all of a sudden it just became cold and i'm like thanks Dunedin. you're the best <laughs> yeah and I would say for me would be home, uh, the food as well, and the celebrations, right? I miss like how accessible food it is to us. Like I honestly feel that I took it for granted. Like if you're hungry, just go out, and the food is so cheap too. Because like you know, three ringgit or four ringgit for a ramly burger. If you're hungry, just get out the you know, just go out to the door, walk straight at least for ten minutes, at most ten minutes. You come over, see a store there that's open 24-7 and has yeah. cheap food as well. And, you know, there's so much variety. I feel like it really mm. hits me in the spot. And like now it's like it's either you buy food before 7.30 p.m. or you have to make your own. And it's not easy, especially in Dunedin, where like there's not actually Malay, no offense to the people who... Um, operating like the satay house and stuff like they are satays but they are not our satay if no, you know no, what I, I mean I get what you mean um, because um, it, it's a given because uh, most of the Asian diaspora that comes to New Zealand um, mm-hmm. has had to maybe dilute their food a bit so that it can accommodate to a more general market um, yes. whereas in Malaysia it's catered to Malaysians you get what I mean so it's like your fla- they don't apologize for the flavors they just go for it <laughs> yeah that's, if you don't like it just move it to the next store you know yeah exactly and uh, I, I really agree with you because uh, the fact that the, the only things that would be open late at night would be a few restaurants kebabs usually and Macca's Macdi bro um, so like the variety is something that we definitely take for granted um, and the timing, uh, just absolutely like at home, you can go to Mama at like 3 a.m. if you're hungry and it could be down the road. Can, yeah. And for our Kiwi listeners, um, three ringgit to is like $1.50-ish. $1 only. Yeah, $1. That's for a whole burger. So Rumley Burger is a very unique, um, it's like a Malaysian burger. Um, and it's a brand, it's a specific brand, but it's also stalls. It's really cute and um and they would wrap the patty in some eggs like like they would cook it on this nice i don't know how to describe it it's like a flat grill pan like like yeah it's a flat barbecue uh, flat gr- uh, gr- uh, barbecue pan if well you like know. you and then you just crack an egg make it into a sheet like a sheet and then they put patty right in the middle put cheese and then wrap it up with the egg and then just and after that they just put it into a butter grilled bun and then they put the sauces the sauces that just drowns into that <laughs> drowns the rami burger like holy like it's i don't know i just miss it so much man like yeah. you know you do want you do not want burger never mind we have roti john yeah you know? uh, right uh, on the spot for you such such a malaysian conversation we're talking about homesickness and then straight to the food already <laughs> Um, no, but fair because that's the heart of our people. Um, and uh, just seven ringgit fifty for like a double special one of those egg wrap like patties, you know. Um, oh, so good, so good, so good. Yeah, and yeah. I do miss the cele- the celebration as well. Like you, when you're here yeah. in New Zealand, you don't feel much celebration. Like even in Christmas, even in uh, even they celebrate Christmas, right? Which is supposedly one of the biggest events they have. And um, Easter. Like, 
it doesn't feel special as in what how we even make in Malaysia. Malaysia, our general population doesn't even celebrate Christmas, but we make it into a such a big scale that you thought it was actually a special event, but it's not really. And imagine that, and we had three, we have so many multicultural events, right? Like I think at least in a month, at least there's one event that was going on. And like you know, the like, there's always some festivity going on in Malaysia yes. all times. Yeah, I yeah. I I reckon like the festivities here. I I like it, but like at the same time, I guess the tradition behind the festivities is not as you know, it doesn't pop in your face. Uh, doesn't mm. it's not as obvious as you could make it. Like um, Atariki is nice. Um. Christmas is nice, but at the same time, like Christmas back home was also very nice, and it was very obvious. Like you, you knew it was Christmas just from the songs in the shopping mall, uh, from the way the markets were like tailored to like more Christmas goodies. Like you can all the companies start making Christmas deals, Christmas packages, Christmas promotions. It's just the whole market, the whole culture shifts around for the festivity. Which is what I find, yeah, amazing as well. But yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things I do miss. Um, and like I try to keep busy in New Zealand to try and cope with it. But like at the same time, when people are celebrating back home, it's really hard. Um, you see pictures of the celebrations, and you're like, I I want to go open house. <laughs> because uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Open houses. Um, like doing these different festivities. There's so many open houses, you can just go to one and you can experience all the festivity like food as well. Yeah. Um, but I guess going back to that idea of homesickness, because we talked about what kind of things we are missing about home. So like any instance of you feeling homesick, like first instances of you feeling homesick when coming to New Zealand because you touched on it briefly just now but oh, it's, were there it's, any specific moments were there any specific times that you felt like oh yeah I'm definitely when I'm making food I guess like during when during Mooncake Fest oh uh, no it's during I think Chinese we celebrate this thing called the Winter Solstice yeah when I think when we first came we have the Mooncake Festival and then we have the Winter Solstice right oh my yeah. god that period really hit me so hard because like my family we took Chinese festivals, because we're Chinese, right? So we take Chinese festivals very seriously. And like, yeah. for example, every Mooncake Festival, every Winter Solstice, like we'll go and gather in the house, you know, at the grandparents' house, eat good food, eat mooncakes together, or, yeah. you know, light up the lantern for Chinese, uh, for that. And then like for Winter Solstice, we'll make glutinous rice balls, or we call, or we call it Tang Yuan together yeah. oh and then like it's really yeah. that moment that hit that right, you know like shit it's like years out of our routine it was like you know years of like i, I was there for 20 years so 20 years of my routine of making tangyuan of eating with cakes and then now it's just stopped and it's just like okay <laughs> you know oh. so like for me the, re- the how i made up for it was like i actually invite friends over and like we have open houses and like uh make it as festive as we wanted to, like oh we make mm-hmm. tang together, like homemade it, not like the ones that we bought in the stores, cause you know. 
do you feel yeah. do you feel it helps a lot because like for me sometimes it, it's nice and it does help a lot but it, it doesn't feel the same you know what i mean I mean, for me, it, it helps a lot because I don't know. For me, was my family was um, it's always changing, so uh, it doesn't matter the people. It's the routine that it has. Yeah, yeah. So the routine itself kind of helps you to cope with that. Um, yes. Yeah, that aspect of it. Um, nah, that's amazing because we call it what Dong Zi Jie is it? Um, yeah, Dong Zi Jie. Yeah. Uh, so winter solstice in Mandarin is called Dongzi for our Kiwi listeners, and Jie is like festival. So Dongzi Jie is a winter festival. Um, yeah, like when you brought up Tang Yin, oh my god! So Tang Yin is like dough balls. So if you, because I I know there's like a dish in New Zealand called a boil up, right? Uh, and you get like little dough boys or dough balls. Um, but for us, this is like a sweet version, like a soup. Um. Like imagine a sweet soup. It's really hard to describe it to a Western. I mean, it can make it savory as well. It's just yeah, not yeah, common yeah. made yeah. in Malaysia. But I tried the savory version and the sweet version. It it was a great activity for kids because um it brought the family together by like it had colorful the ball had like different colors sometimes, and like the kids would like roll the ball together and they would like um. But my mom would make the soup, and I would like always roll the ball, and then um all the kids would like come together to specifically do that. So I I really feel you on what you mean by like the routine of the. Also, mooncakes, mooncakes in general, it's it's an extremely high calorie food for our Western audience here. Just to describe it, high calorie, usually quite sweet, but with a mix of savory elements. Sometimes we'll put like salted egg yolk, put like um. Uh yeah, just a few different. Because uh, what is the main composition of a mooncake again? I mean, like to be honest, there's different types of mooncakes. We have the normal mooncakes that we have. We have the the skin, the snowflake mooncake, and we have the Shanghai mooncake. And then the normal mooncake we usually have is the Cantonese mooncake, right? Yeah. So like their fillings varies. Like they have. Red bean paste, assorted nuts, lotus lotus paste, and taro paste, durian paste, and like usually they have salted egg yolks. Sometimes they don't, but it varies. Depends on what you like. But they are. But one thing is, they are really high calorie, and <laughs> they are really expensive because it takes days to make it. Yeah, and just not having access to that is already big enough. Um. It's like the fact that I can't even go to a store that's five minutes away, and then they sell it like during the season. Like it's so common, it's like almost that like, you eat, you don't want to eat it every day already. Like sometimes because it's just so filling, right? So just the fact that that's not around anymore kind of hits hard. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure it's the same for like our um Malay and Malaysian Indian. Um, brethren, because we, they they also have their festivities, and there's probably a lot of things that we just can't access because we are in New Zealand, and specifically Dunedin doesn't have a lot of that Malaysian culture to access aside from Omsa, and maybe if you got a Malaysian family here, then that's how you keep the tradition alive. Um, which is which I find kind of sad because I would have to travel to Auckland or Wellington or Christchurch just to go find Malaysian things to do. 
into five Malaysian communities. And even then, like, mm. no, actually, yeah, the food is pretty, yeah, pretty good. It's just so much more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember like when my friend and I we went to Christchurch to Rakuten because they such hakwitya. <laughs> I remember when we ate, we almost cried. Like, holy shit! Yeah, I cried. Um, yeah, I like, cried when I ate curry laksa in Queenstown. <laughs> like the way the waiter. Yeah, I'm not afraid to cry. Yes, I'm a man. Uh, but crying is good. <laughs> That's how you do it, the yes. homesickness. Sometimes yes, it wells up. It wells up. You just let it flow, man. I miss food back home. I damn well will miss it and I will cry for it, dude. Yeah. yeah. Anybody who says otherwise, um, yeah, come find me. I'll fight you. <laughs> but, but one thing also is that you can also make it your own. Yeah, yeah. You can make your own Malaysian food. Sometimes, like, there is this one moment that I think Chinese will definitely eat it. You know the, the chicken that we always serve in the dining table when there is a big festival? Yeah, the yeah. The big steamed chicken? Yeah. Like, you know the chicken we make is not the normal steamed chicken that we have, like, here. It's it's made in a special way. And like, I was like, oh, wait, I really miss home. I really want those kind of dishes. So, like, you became and you I have an open house. So the thing is that I said that I'll be being potluck, right? I, the team was bring things that makes you miss home. So my team was my team was there and I made that dish. And because a lot of us are like Asians, like uh like Southeast Asians, for example, we have a I have a Cambodian friend, a few Malaysian Chinese, and a few like uh mainland Chinese so like we bring our home we bring food here and like you know like there is a similar dish which is the chicken right and then like it literally reminds everyone that says that oh this reminds us of home a lot especially with that dish and it brings me so proud to do like to be the provider of being that and like sometimes you know you're always the one who watches your mom your grandparents to cook you this kind of food but now the roles are reversed you are the ones who's providing them the food yeah the cycle continues yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i think oh that's amazing because that brings up a lot of memories of when i would balik kampung and then the house would like there's this small dining table but then there was like 10 of my uncles and all the cousins all together and that one small dining table was enough to feed everyone but sometimes mm-hmm. obviously the space not enough so we would like sit around the table and then, um and then just like take turns take turns sitting at the table because there was no space so it was half of us would like go watch tv and the other half would be eating and then the other then we switch next turn next turn uh anyways um we're gonna go for a short break first and then we'll be right back uh, to talk more about these experiences and um, relate back to how we can cope with homesickness in general. Um, thanks so far, C1. I think this has been an amazing discussion to have. So, yeah, we'll be right back after the break. Yeah. 
having fun The less we say about it, the better Make it up as we go along With my feet on the ground Head in the sky It's okay, I know nothing's wrong And we are back from the break. So that was This Must Be The Place by Sure Sure. Um, it's one of my favorite songs because it's a song, literally the the first lyrics is home is where I want to be. <laughs> so it's it's the song I, I listen to whenever I get that homesick kind of feeling. And uh, I would just have memories of my mom and of the the my sisters at home, even my dog barking. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back on to the topic. Um, so we talked a little bit about the experiences and the kind of things that we miss from home. So, and I think it's good to bring up the point of COVID. I know the C word, everybody hates to hear the C word, COVID. <laughs> but 
it's one thing that's also I feel like it's also impacted me personally in how I homesickness has changed in its nature. Because like without the COVID, it already has that sort of element. It's just being overseas. But with COVID and that feeling of isolation and lockdown, um, that feeling of isolation and loneliness is sort of amplified. So I feel like it's warranted that we discuss about it. So how has COVID impacted homesickness and well-being? Has this been a significant change? That's the question. Mm, not really, because I don't know. I feel like after home, like once... Um, so the fact that actually I can't go back was bad. It was it really hurts. Like oh, I don't have the option to go back anymore. But like it it uh it doesn't hit homesickness as bad because I mean in a way it I started to learn how to be more independent, how to co live by yourself, and I feel like the fact that you know. I mean, maybe because I'm very privileged to say that, you know, like pandemic sort of like made me develop a better person to become a better person. Like, no, no, to like to able to live more independently. Like if I want to do it, think like romanticize my life, like make things, make my home to be like home because this is where I'm going to be throughout the entire year with myself. Right. So I try my best to make my flat, not just my flat, but to be my home. Yeah, you know what I mean, I started to focus on that because you are away from home anyway. So might as well mm-hmm. try and create a home here for you. Um, like you know that concept of second home, oh, is my third home? You know that kind of thing. And like you know, people who always go overseas, they'll be like, oh, this is like my second home to me already because like you've already been here for quite a long time. Um, and sometimes people might feel like that will become their main home, uh, become their like first home. <laughs> um, yeah, I get what I mean as well. As for me, it did. Um, this is like an experience I can share about my first lockdown. It did impact like my homesickness, but it was just because it was lockdown. I feel like the feelings were a bit amplified, and I was a bit more sensitive to it. But I'm thankful to the friends that I have here, not a single Malaysian was in that flat during lockdown. And I felt at home um, being able to talk to them, being able to share lockdown with them and being able to feel supported in New Zealand. And to me, that was more than welcoming and it made me feel at home again, even though I didn't have the food, I didn't have the people that I'm used to having um, at home. It was making new memories that felt like, yeah, um, that's, that's that. Um, and it was one of the ways that I cope with homesickness, building a support system that was exactly like, that was able to help me with that. But one thing that I think we should always do, regardless of homesickness or not, and this relates to general mental well-being, is talking about it. And it's quite hard because even though I'm used to opening up, even though I'm used to being able to reach out to others um sometimes when you're not ready to talk about it that's okay and i think the first person you should have that conversation with is yourself because <laughs> if you're not ready to talk about it with yourself you're not ready to talk about it with other people so i think that's the obvious thing but yeah that's one of the things like uh that really helped me even though covid was a big influence i think that really helped to do with that homesickness in general um, speaking about coping of homesickness, how do you cope with homesickness, Siwan? 
Oh, uh, for me was what I did. I just, <laughs> I just make my own. I just make to myself to celebrate those festivities by myself. Like Chinese New Year, you know, Chinese New Year, Mooncake Festival, Mid Autumn, uh, even Winter Solstice, even Qingming. <laughs> I go and like have our own meal, make my own meal, make it special enough for me. That's how I cope with homesickness. And sometimes I make Malaysian food. That's the way that it makes me appreciate how, like, you know, like why are those people, like why are those vendors selling so, selling their food so cheap, but it take, but the ingredients are so expensive and like it's so labor intensive. Like for example, with this kind of kueh, we call angkut kueh, right? It takes a while to make. It's not an easy to make. And then they make about like what? They only sell about like one ringgit. And it's so cheap. So yeah, that's my take of it. That is how I usually deal with homesickness, I guess. I found I found something you said interesting. Qingming. <laughs> because yes. Qingming is usually we go spring clean. The, Qingming means spring cleaning, isn't it? Um, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and that's when we usually go out to the graves of our ancestors. Um mm. And we would uh, clean it. Um, and depending on the year as well, sometimes you can go, sometimes you cannot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's Qingming, like just for a quick um, description of it. So how you, you, you talk about uh, Qingming. So how, how do you like celebrate that here? Oh, because uh, like for me, Qingming was basically, I don't have an extensive family line back in Malaysia, right? So there wasn't much gray sauce to clean. And because my parents are basically, they only have, like, it's very separated. So the only grace that we have to pray for was only three, actually mm-hmm. five. So it's not a lot. But the thing is that what we do usually during that period was to actually have a good meal. And so what we do is that during, and then we have special dishes for a while. So that's what I do. Like for me, Qingming, it's not just a uh, ceremony of uh, remembering the dead, and but it's also a, ce- a ceremony of gathering families together and stuff. So the way I celebrated was as well having uh, cook those Qingming special food and also like you know just keep them keep your parents like keep those who I was praying who I always visit to in my prayers. That's yeah, basically. Oh. That like, I, I guess doing it it back, yeah, I guess it goes back to that point of um, one of the definitions in that um uh, at the beginning of this session where it was about nostalgia um and the fact that we can remember that I think is a good way to cope with homesickness in general because you talk about mm-hmm. like the special kind of food you know, again we're back on food um <laughs> <laughs> so natural so Malaysian man um. For me, whenever we had Qingming, I remember we were inclined for Qingming and we would always, after Qingming, we would go for a meal outside in Klang somewhere. Somewhere very cheap, but very like, only the locals would know, you know what I mean? Like, only the no- locals would know. And like, the funniest part was after, like all the extended family and whatever, like, we went off our separate ways and we, we'd be like, oh, you want to go eat wonton mee? <laughs> we all went to the same wonton mee store without even planning to go there. Um, and like, that's that's how you know we were family. That's how you know, like, that that was, you know, this is Ching Ming. Like, um, 
just those moments where even though it was about um, respecting our ancestors, it was also bringing each other together um, and enjoying this um, specific meal, even though it's like we don't cook it ourselves, right? But it's like a, it's the occasion that makes us want to go for it. Um, it's either that or bakute. But I, I cannot stop talking about bakute. I've already talked about it multiple times in other sessions, so I won't talk about it now. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, wonton mee is quite. Uh, I'm sure Kiwis know wonton mee is like. Uh, they have wontons. It's like little dumplings, and you put it in the soup. But the wonton back home is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yes. Yes. Um, cannot get enough of it. I can eat like I don't know a dozen pieces plus like in one setting. But anyways, yeah, I think nostalgia is so good, like good for coping with homesickness because I would remember these memories. Because I'm so busy here, I'm so busy studying, doing OMSA stuff, that I forget what it was like being back at home. So when I do get those moments, and I do get those memories back, um, it makes me cry a bit sometimes. And that's how I know that it's helping me to heal with the homesickness. Because like, I miss it, and I remember it. Because I'd, mm-hmm. I'd rather remember it, you know, feel a little sad about it. Like It's bittersweet, you know? I, I'd rather feel a little sad about it and feel something rather than like being so busy in my life now and not feel anything get what i mean yeah so yeah. that's that's one thing i want to share i guess that relates to chingming and homesickness um mm-hmm. what's what's some other ways you like to do you do new routines here like do you um go out to the community try and like immerse yourself in the culture of new zealand and the Indian? i guess that's a good question to ask for me it was uh like it's pretty hard to actually like i don't know because like my circle it's pretty hard to actually reach out to the locals here because especially like you're always oh the people around you are always from the international background right it's harder for you to reach to the local kiwis and stuff and but for me, it was you sort of adopted the way they have been living as well. Like, and also, I feel like when I came here, I actually am not excited to go back. I mean, except for seeing my fa- my my partner and and my partner, and my family, and this kind of stuff. But there are still some moments where, like, I really wish that I can't go back. But so, because, like, um, for example, the you know what's happening in Malaysia. It's a mess, and yeah, you still yeah. hold home, held so much hope that you want to go back to Malaysia to help, but you already know how much they have treated you, no matter how much you love Malaysia. Mm, yeah, I guess it, it, that's a big thing because uh, it's not something that we actually talk about. Because I, I, I get what you mean, because you love Malaysia, you want to go back. Like For me, I study psychology here. I want to bring the skills and experience and theories and everything so I can bring it back to Malaysia and help the general population. But at the same time, I can see how the culture and maybe and especially the government, uh, nothing against the government right here. Okay, we're not going into politics um, too much, but <laughs> just, just the culture in general is not very conducive um, uh, to its making you want to come back. And just the, the whole society, the everything... You love it, but at the same time, it's a love-hate relationship like, you know, most things. And it's it's really hard to imagine yourself going back sometimes because you're like, I feel the security here. I feel the comfort of being in a safe space where we can actually talk about these kind of things um, and not get 
too judged about it or like get good judgments instead of bad judgments. You get what I mean? Like it's a more supportive and encouraging environment. Um, and that's another good segue to dealing with uh, homesickness. Please be supportive to each other. Please be encouraging of each other's feelings because everybody's feelings yes. are valued. Um, I said that in the yes. most Malaysian way. <laughs> <Everybody's feelings laughs> yeah, are and I, I mean, like, there's another way is if you think there is any moment, like, for example, I think Sarah, like, remember she baked the cookies. She's selling out those Sarah, one day yeah. cookies to help out Malaysia. I feel like that's a great way. If, like, there's any way you want to help out with your community, which is just because you're away from home doesn't mean you can't help, okay? Like, Exactly. For example, for me, I'm uh, I'm from what according to the Malaysian standards, I'm a very I'm a liberal, like very uh, let's say have opinions. Left wing, right? Yeah, Yeah. more left wing. More like uh, how to say more like you know a bit more left wing. Like have political political and like understanding of like how things should be is different and even though it is but like it is a good way to if you have things that you want to spoke against uh, for your people for like for the people the people for example the Cameron Highland issue right mm-hmm. like where they are deforesting Cameron Highland just to build a theme park which we think is not necessary Right. Oh, it's you absolutely can, yeah. unnecessary. Like, there's, it's already so much jam in Cameron Highlands. You want to add more jam to that? Oh my god! And not yeah. even the, the environmental issue. It's one yes. of the few temporary. So, temper- yeah. yeah. So if you want to help, you can help. What you can do is write down the letters. Write the letters to your local ministers in the place that you live in. That's how you can help. Like, just because you're stuck in another land doesn't mean you can't help your motherland. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's all yeah. I had, man. <laughs> um, quick, quick note on that: if um anybody wants to help support uh Malaysia right now because we are in a very dire situation, please go to kitajagakita dot com, k i t a kita, j a g a jaga, and then another kita, k i t a again dot com, and you can find out way different ways to help Malaysians back home, and they really, they really, really need that help right now. Um, so if you could grant any contribution or donation or anything to any of the initiatives on that website, that would be absolutely amazing. So yeah, um, just that's a quick note. And shout out to Sarah Yap for doing that um, fundraising with the cookies. I think that was absolutely amazing of her to continue with the efforts to help support Malaysians. Here at OMSA, we also try and support everyone. So please do reach out to us if there's any problems financially, academically, whatever. We will help you, and if we can't, we will um, help you find the right people to give you that support as well. So that's just a quick note from us, um, because we are definitely, I think that's another thing about homesickness, or away from home together. (laughs) Um, Even though we might be in our little bubbles, we might be in our different flats, we're still ultimately Malaysian. Um, Mm. And it's that one thing that unites us, that we are... Even even if you're not Malaysian, if you're an international also, like you you feel yeah, I miss this part of home. Um, yeah yeah. So yeah, kitajagakita.com. Remember that. Yes, if you don't, if you are not sure, you can maybe head out to our Omsa Instagram page, and then there's a link where you can click on it, 
And you can see one of the pages that has guitargenergitter.com where you can click on it if you want to help. Like, we would actually really appreciate it. But honestly, help out your country first <laughs> before you can help out your other people's countries. Yeah, yeah. And also that, remember, OMSA is just not only a home for Malaysians to Malaysians. We are, we, even though you are other nationalities, we OMSA still welcomes you with open arms. Yeah. Because um, we have quite a lot of experience with other cultures as well. So if you want a space to talk about it, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, shout out to all my other international homies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, so we're reaching the final stages of our show. Any, um, I guess, any final words on homesickness? Um, you want to say like to people who are homesick right now? What would you say to them? I would say um. If it's healthy for you, call your family back home. Or like if some I'm sure that there are some people who might not have parents for them for them. Like, you know, you can even call your friends for back home and have a talk with them, catch up with them. And that's like having a connection and stuff that's really good. Or you can maybe just find a local person or like find a mental a consultant, especially when you need. Find a consultancy, consultants who can help you, those professional consultants, if you really need it. Because one thing I learned when I came here was everyone is facing the same situation with you. And like I agree, like what Sean said, like you have to talk to yourself first, have a talk with yourself first, but also remember that you need to ask the person if they are available for you to ask, to talk, because mm. not everyone is available. And it's very crucial to understand that. So yeah, um, That's yeah, it. yeah. No, that uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, I totally agree with all of those points. Um, and to even add on to that, yeah, um, that the word for that last part, I guess, is boundaries. You know, like if you sometimes you want people to talk about um what like to give their opinion and feedback on it. So for me, my final words, I guess, is make sure if you are reaching out for help, let them know that. Um, I just want you to listen. I don't really want any input if that's okay, you know, stuff like that. If you are also lending an ear to someone, you can also establish that and be like, do you want me to just listen or do you want me to give some insight and input onto that? Because I think that's a really good practice to have. And if they're busy, don't worry about it. There's a lot of other people that can also help support you as well. So just make sure you first establish what kind of support you want and then you can go forth and establish that. Make sure that's very clear in those expectations when you're reaching out as well, because I think that's extremely important and it will help validate all our experiences together. And yeah, again, um, following up on Siwan's point, just that concept of connection. Um, even though we are in lockdown right now, I can still feel connected to people just by talking to them. And again, yeah, if it's healthy, call your family. If it's if you want some time to yourself to process it, it's it's also nice, you know. Sometimes it's good to just process all those memories you have from back home. And that's okay. And if you don't want to talk about it to anyone, that's also okay. So in your own time when you're ready. Um, because sometimes even I I will be like, I want to call my mom and my uh family, but then I don't have the energy. So I just want to commit that to myself. So that's okay too. So whatever works for you, please do it. And uh don't eat too much Maggie like I do. Um, <laughs> that's how I deal unhealthily with 
Home sick. They just released uh, Maggie Ayam, by the way, for all the Malaysian listeners. Maggie Ayam at Uniqlo. Oh, no. So, oh, no. Get it. Get it while the stocks last. I, I bought like two packets. I should have bought way more. Um, But I don't want to be greedy. Um, So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Siwon, for joining us today. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been your host, Sean Teo, and my co-host, Siwon, again. Uh, and tune in next time for Chilla with Omsa here at ORFM Dunedin, 105.4 FM. Hello. Hello, this is Chilla with Omsa. 
Tune in every second Tuesday at 3 p.m. as we take you through a journey about the diverse culture, music, language, tradition, lifestyle, and of course, the food that we have in Malaysia. It is a session where students can share about their life and the experience of studying here in Otago. So, come and join us for a chill and fun afternoon brought to you by the committee members of the Otago Malaysian Students Association. Omsa. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.